0: Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.
1: How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment.
2: My husband worked as a government contractor for a company that sends him all over the world. For a few years my daughter and I would travel with him. He was usually gone for months at a time. One of his business trips was to Bremerton, Washington. We were put into an apartment called Olympic Village Apartments. It was rented out to companies like his. They were okay, fully furnished, better than a hotel, especially for that length of time that we usually stayed. The apartment we had was on the ground floor. It was decorated well, and the furniture wasn't too worn. Nothing seemed or felt weird. I usually can read vibes of places where I go. I'm not sure how to explain it. I don't think I am psychic, just maybe, in tune with my surroundings. Things seemed pretty normal for the first few days. I spent most days there since I didn't have a car. Just playing my video games or watching TV. One night, my husband came home to the apartment and I had dinner ready and set out. We all sat down at the table to eat, having the normal conversations people do. Like, how was work? Type stuff. When all of a sudden I felt something touch my thigh. I didn't respond to it because I wasn't sure exactly what had just happened, so I continued eating. A few moments later it happened again. It felt familiar, like my old ten pounds. Chihuahua was begging for food. I looked down thinking I would see a dog looking up at me, but there wasn't anything there. My instinct had been to move him down with my hand to get him to stop begging. I laughed out loud and said to my husband, I keep feeling like there is a dog here. I felt something jump at my leg and I almost pushed it down. My husband said that's weird because I feel like there is one here too. He told me he was on his way to the bathroom around 3 a.m. As soon as he walked out and turned to walk down the hall, he seen a small shadow sitting there still looking at him. He jumped back, startled, and it disappeared. I was in shock because I didn't expect anyone to feel the same thing. It seemed weird. I am very connected to animals I have always been my whole life. Dogs and I seem to have a very deep bond, almost on a spiritual level. About a week later, it was a weekend and my husband and I were watching TV. We were both on our own couch. Mine was the large sofa, so I was stretched out under a blanket, almost without any thinking. I went to readjust my position. In the moment, I thought my dog was laying in the crease of the back of my knee, where my legs bend. I was being careful to not squash him or move him because I felt a weight on the blanket. I looked and nothing was there. I felt weird. I told my husband what had happened. Everything was normal for a while after that. I hadn't felt the dog since the couch. One night I woke up and had to go to the bathroom. I am night blind and I wear glasses, but I decided to just go without putting them on. The bathroom had a window and a light from outside shined through with just enough light that I could see once I got close and around the corner. So I headed down the hall, sliding my hand slowly across the wall so I could feel where to go. I was looking straight ahead, but it was pitch black. I came to the corner with my hand still tracing the side, and I saw something. It was darker than the dark hall, but the darkness blocked the light from the window. The light traced a body. Its height brought my head to look instinctively up towards where a face would be. I froze in terror, gasped and jumped back, scared because I thought it was a real person. Where the head would be, it looked like he was wearing a top hat. This dark figure seemed to be close to six feet five tall. Once I realized it wasn't human, I quickly rushed past it to turn on the bathroom light. With the light on, I seen that nothing was there. Years later, I brought this up to my daughter. I didn't want to tell her before because she was still little, and she shared with me she also seen a man there who would stand in the corner, with a big hat and a little dog at his feet. This happened only three weeks ago. I have thought about it often, and I know without a doubt me and my patient were almost prey to a predator. I work for my state. I work with people with substance abuse disorder, the mentally ill, and to a lesser degree those with slight developmental delays. My role with the developmentally delayed is similar to a lower ranked social worker. One thing I have to verify is that the participant is able to achieve their own personal goals set for that year, similar to an IEP in public schools. One of my patients has a goal to walk and or hike at least one mile three times a week. When I made my visit to her home, walking hiking was what I needed to see her achieve. So she took us both on a walking slight hiking trail nearby. Her and I are actually similar age, our forties. As we were walking the trail, we got to a point that was much more isolated. We were no longer walking the trail that loops around a neighborhood pond with many people, but we were on trail that took us through the woods and the cotton field. Her and I were walking and talking when she suddenly stopped walking. I looked at her, and just as she went to say, I have a bad feeling. I had an overwhelming feeling myself that someone was watching us. Due to her development delays, I felt more concerned for her welfare than my own. It's hard to explain, but I didn't feel fear. I felt a feeling of protecting her. I looked behind us because I heard the sound of leaves crunching, and sure enough, a guy who looked to be in his thirties was suddenly coming out of the woods, and he's slowly creeping up towards us. There was no one else around, so for this guy to magically come out of the woods and creeping up. I knew whatever he wanted was nefarious. I told her to continue walking, giving her a head start. I don't know why I even did this, but I just completely turned myself around, stopped, and I looked straight at him. I just stared. I didn't say anything. He didn't say anything, but as soon as we locked eyes, it was as if he realized now they know I'm back here because he froze and stopped walking towards us. I kept staring at him. Then I started to walk back towards my patient so he understood my eyes were on him. Then, as I walked backwards, I looked over to see my patient, looked back at him, and he disappeared as fast as he came, back into the woods. If he were just wanting to walk this nature trail, why did he stop as soon as I turned around and stared? Why wouldn't he just continue on his walk and pass us? This guy was clearly waiting and watching for a woman, or women, to go down the isolated trail. For him to come out of the woods when he did, it was clear to me that he was out hiding and stalking. I will forever be convinced that my patient's bad feeling and my feeling of being watched saved one or both of us from whatever that man had planned. I'm a pretty avid backpacker in the Pacific Northwest. Sometimes I'll hike for days on end without seeing another person. I think it's exhilarating being completely alone. There's really no feeling like it. You get used to it, but personally, I can never help but be on edge. The environment is completely serene and friendly, but there's a constant feeling in the back of your mind. It's hard to put your finger on. Most of the time, you'll be chugging along comfortable in your mind, but when you stop for rest or to fill up on water, you can't help but look over your shoulder. Nothing bothers me much out in the woods. I've run into brown bears, had elk trample through camps late night, and much more. One night was different. I was on a deep backwoods hike in the late fall-off season. It was pretty cold, but the snow hadn't quite started falling yet. I like that. In fact, I usually plan my trips this way. The forest ranger I talked to when I was organizing the trip said I was the only hiker she knew of who'd be up there at the time. I was using dispersed camping sites so far off the beaten path they don't have fire pits. That night was five or six miles from a trail into the area. I set up camp at a site about a hundred yards from a stream close enough that a faint babbling was audible. I'd lit a fire, cooked dinner, read for a while, and was settling down to sleep. I lay listening for a while to the sounds of the woods and the creek. Just as I was nodding off, I think I hear voices. Nothing distinct. No clear words, but clearly a group of people was having a good time. Laughing, maybe telling stories around a campfire. A feeling of dread came over me. Ah, I should not leave the tent. Fear like I've never felt engulfed me. All the hairs on my arms, legs, and on the back of my neck stood on end. I lay there for a while in panic, the voices carrying on laughing indistinctly. After a while, they receded into the background noise. I still didn't leave the tent. I was too afraid. The next morning, after a very short night's sleep, I searched the surrounding area and the path to the site. The few shoe prints I found were faded and worn around the edges, too old and too few to be from the size of group I'd heard. I tried to shrug it off as nerves. Maybe nervousness got the best of me, but I couldn't shake a certain tension. I made good time to my next site, the last of the trip, looking around a little more than usual. Still nobody to be seen. That site had no stream. Dry camping isn't a blast, but it's doable if you pack enough water for cooking and drinking for the night. It was a lot quieter, just the chirps of bugs and the wind rustling the trees. I cooked my dinner and stayed up a good while after dark, sitting on a log, looking at the stars and listening to the sounds of the forest trying to hear the voices from the night before, but there was nothing. I turned in for the night, stretching every act out. I lay there, restless for what felt like hours. Finally, calm comes over me. And the it's back. Nothing threatening or particularly scary, just the sounds of a group of fifteen, twenty having a good time, barely audible above the background noise. This time I'm calm, and there's what seems like an internal dialogue in the back of my mind. Why not join them? Sounds like they're having fun. I'd really rather stay here. This is entirely unconscious and goes on for a while. I'd never experienced anything like this. I was worried that I'd lost it. After a time, the noises faded away into the white noise, and I felt that I was alone. The next day, I packed as quickly as I could and got out of Dodge. During the day, I was more ease, like I had always been in the past. I was relieved when I got to the car and started back home. I told the story a few times, and every time I felt a little of that dread from the first night. I really had no reason to feel strongly about what had happened. I just heard strange noises in the forest, nothing extraordinary, but I felt it. On one occasion, I told the story of my teacher, who is native. He got quiet for a minute, then said I had run into stick Indians. He said that it was good that I didn't leave the tent. STICK INDIANS ARE EVIL AND DANGEROUS BEING THAT PREY ON CHILDREN AND WOMEN. THE LOOK ON HIS FACE WAS SOBER. HE TOLD ME NOT TO GO BACK TO THAT PLACE AGAIN. THESE SPIRITS ARE EXTREMELY AGGRESSIVE AND ATTACK AND KILL AT THE slightest PROVOCATION, INCLUDING EVEN SAY THEIR SALISH NAME, WHICH HE refused TO DO. WHENEVER THE SUBJECT COMES UP, I GET THAT SAME FEAR IN ME. AS I WRITE THIS, I'M THOUSANDS OF MILES FROM THOSE SITES AND MY ARMS ARE STILL QUAKING. This began a few years ago when I took up regular walking for my health. Not many people in my city walk so usually I'm the only one walking for miles all around. Yet I would regularly cross paths with someone else walking in a different direction at intersections, for example with me walking east or west, and them walking north or south. No one else around, and yet sometimes we would both have to slightly change our direction or pace to avoid bumping into each other. Other times it would happen so we would pass within a few feet of each other. The first few times this happened it was quite unnerving. It seemed so bizarre. I would cross the road and look around. Not another soul in sight except people in cars. But there was nothing creepy about it. They were all just normal people, strangers doing their own thing, perhaps on their way to work or shopping, some just taking their dog for a stroll. "'Sometimes it would be a couple of friends. "'I wouldn't notice them again either. "'It would always be someone different next time. "'Yet this coincidental crossing of paths just kept happening "'several times a week, sometimes as frequently as twice in a single day. "'It puzzled me since it seemed the chances of two crossing paths "'on an otherwise deserted city grid was fairly low. "'It wasn't just walking along the sidewalks either. "'It could happen in relatively deserted parks.' It became something I expected now. For example, I would be walking on a diagonal path across a sports field. I would look around, and sure enough, there would often be someone far off in the distance, walking on a perfect course to intercept me at nearly right angle to my courses. Oh, right, there they are, I would say to myself. I just began to accept it as this weird thing that kept happening for no particular reason. Any insights or ideas into why this happens, Labor Day of 2015, my mother, my wife, and three children, and I went to a very remote cabin that we rented at. It was an old fire watchman station or something of the sort. So it had the cabin and three other sheds or shops. I try to keep it short now, but this is a bizarre story. We unpacked, settled into the cabin, and then decided to walk a couple hundred yards down to the river, barefoot in sandals with shorts for all of us. We got down to the pebbled shore and were playing or throwing rocks, etc., when I realized there were about snakes everywhere. My wife, Mom, and I yanked up the three kids and boogied off. After reaching a safe distance from them, I went back with a water bottle and caught one in it to see what it was. Turns out we were in a nest of diamondback rattlesnakes. If one of those things latched onto one of my kids, they surely would have died. We were about three hours away from any medical facility. We got back to the cabin and my mom and I went for a hike or walk alone while my wife calmed the kiddos and fed them lunch. Upon returning about fifteen minutes later, all three of my kids and my wife were inside with the doors and windows all closed up, even though we had everything open to cool the place off. We went inside to hear all four of them start yelling about a bear that was about one hundred fifty yards from the cabin huffing and puffing at the wife and kids on the front porch, eating. It was down by the river, another thirty yards or so down the hill that he poked his head up and over from. A few hours go by, and in that time, and a TV passed by three times with two inbred-looking freaks on it, and each time they stopped in front of the gate onto the property and stared at us, or the cabin. Keep in mind, we're two hours into the wilderness in Idaho, with no sight of a person the whole entire trip except them. We decide it's bedtime for the kiddos as it's pitch black out. Within ten minutes, our son, five at the time, went from being perfectly fine, active, talkative, to having a fever of 103F, slightly foaming at the mouth and being completely unresponsive. That was it. We were leaving immediately and going to seek medical attention. I opened the front door of the cabin to start loading two cars by the light of one porch bulb and the headlights on the cars which were both parked facing the gate. And that's when we all three adults heard about four or six large and heavy animals running all around the cabin and property. There was one on the right side of the house. When exiting, that I could hear pacing back and forth and breathing heavy. I made everyone stay inside and close the door every time I went outside to transfer stuff to the cars. About four or five trips... I had a stick in a big pot that I was smacking as hard and loud as I could each trip and was yelling loudly at random. As soon as I'm all done loading, I take each kid out individually and load them up between the two cars. The escort my mom out, then wife out. My wife and I were in the lead car. So we pulled up out of the gate and for some stupid MF reason or another, I felt that I needed to close the gate. So I got out of my vehicle and walked behind it in my mom's car by about 15 feet and closed the gate. Now, this gate was literally a log that slid from one post to the other. It offered zero protection or barrier between me and the animals out there. Right as I went to turn around, I heard loud padded footsteps walking up to me directly in front of me, no more than ten feet, and then I see eyes shimmering from the moonlight as the deepest, scariest growl I have ever heard in my life. "'I turned and ran so fast that I swear I must have jumped from where I was to the driver's seat up my car, some thirty feet behind me, and as I landed in my seat I slammed it into drive and spun out, finally leaving. "'It gets weirder, scarier, though. "'About fifteen minutes down the road we were still panicking about our unresponsive son, "'and we both kept having this horrible, evil doom feeling fast a shadow over us. "'I looked down and realized I still had that baby rattlesnake in the water bottle.' in my cup holder, so I grabbed it and threw it out the window immediately. Not even two minutes later we hear our son softly crying. We realize he's responsive and he stated something along the lines of, Why are we leaving? What's going on? He was crying because he was sad to leave. He couldn't remember the last hour or so whatsoever. Quick backstory for what's next. My mother was about fifty-eight years old at the time. She's been a Jehovah's Witness my whole life, plus many more years beforehand, and she is the last person in the world to believe in signs, evil spirits, omens, etc. The next day, my mom broke down extremely bad, sobbing her eyes out, hardly able to talk. She confessed to my wife that the night before we left she had a nightmare in which we went on the camping trip. We came across snakes, a bear, and a pack of wolves. She said she knew a lot of bad things happened at that outpost, and it was full of evil. Most of all. She said one of your kids died. I swear on my life to this very day. If I ask her who died and how it happened, she immediately starts crying and refuses to tell me or anyone. She lives her life now with a guilt that she willingly ignored her nightmare and put us in the situation, nearly taking one of her dear grandkids away from this world. She doesn't deserve to feel that. I know this sounds all crazy AF, but a week later, on the local news were reports of a wolf pack in that area. Wolves and bears may not coexist in harmony, but a fake. They do share territories and respect each other. This outpost station of sorts was about one hours into the wilderness from Loham. Banks. Idaho, if you want to verify the animals, actually exist around there. Sadly, I grew up in the mountains for the most of my pre-early teen years. "'as did my wife until she was ten years old. "'I even have a half-sleeve of the wilderness or trees on my left arm. "'With that said, we don't care to go to the mountains anymore. "'Thanks for hearing everything out, and I'll leave this, too. "'I'd D.C., if you believe me. "'This was or is real to my family story, and I swear "'that night changes a lot of things for us going forward.' I was returning from central Oregon at night over the Sanium Pass. There was a light drizzle, but visibility was good. This creature walked out of the trees on my left side and walked across the highway in front of me. It left my sight in the trees to my right. It walked straight up like a man. It was swinging its arms like a man would. It didn't look like a man in a gorilla suit. What it looked like was a big man covered with fairly short dark gray hair. Its arms and legs were proportioned the same as a human. In the headlights, it was well illuminated. This creature walked like a man, not a primate. I grew up in Delaware County, Pennsylvania, which is right on the border of Pennsylvania and Delaware. There's a state park close by, Brandywine State Park, where the famous battle was fought during the Revolutionary War. A small part of that park is known as Beaver Valley. From satanic cults to a town full of little people, the number of conspiracies surrounding the place can lead you down quite a rabbit hole. Some people used it as a shortcut when Naaman's Road was backed up, but never at night and never on any of the roads that supposedly harbored evil spirits. Well, one night after getting out of work at around eleven o'clock, I was feeling adventurous. I called my friend Alan to see if he wanted to check the place out with me. He agreed, and within a half hour, I had picked him up, and we were on our way. The park is large, and there are multiple roads leading into and out of it. Navigating it can be a little confusing, and cell phone service stinks, so GPS apps don't always work. Alan said he knew his way around, but I didn't really believe him. It didn't matter, since I didn't have anything else to do this late night. Anyway, so driving through the outskirts of the park was a little creepy. A few people lived back there, but there were no streetlights at all. The only illumination we had was being cast by my car's headlights. The roads rose and fell and curved often, sometimes sharply, so I had to give driving my full attention. Eventually, we found what we were looking for. Devil's Road, Cossart Road. It's called this because of the way that the trees grow along the road and that they all curve away from the road as if they're trying to uproot and escape something that's coming from deeper within the forest. I've heard about it plenty of times, but actually seeing it, well, that's a very different experience. There are rumors of cults practicing satanic rituals here in the woods. Recalling the rumors and seeing the trees, I was starting to feel like I had my fill of weirdness for the night. "'I was thinking about getting through as fast as I could "'and getting back out onto one of the larger roads. "'Then Alan let out a surprised yelp from the passenger seat. "'He told me that he was looking in the forest beside the car "'and he had seen something running along before disappearing into the brush. "'He didn't know what it was, but he said it could have been a deer or something. "'I kept driving.' I figured out we were three-quarters of the way through when I rounded another sharp curve and I had to slam on my brakes. I had almost hit him right in front of the car. About ten feet away, shining in the headlights, stood a completely naked man. Now it was January, and the temperatures have been dropping into the thirties lately, so the guy should have been freezing. He was a tall, thin man, filthy with long, matted brown hair and an unkempt beard. He stood staring into the windshield not shivering or showing any signs of being exposed to the cold. His breath wasn't even fogging. Alan and I sat silently, both too shocked to say anything, and honestly, I was extremely scared. It started to get colder, even inside the car. I started to shiver, and then a moment later I was shivering uncontrollably. Alan was doing the same right next to me, I began coming around to what was happening, and I reached down to put the car in reverse. Something was telling me to just get the hell out of there and leave the naked guy standing in the road. But the car would not move. I was pressing the gas, and the engine wouldn't even reverend. I wasn't even sure that the car was on anymore. Now my head was beginning to feel foggy. Strange thoughts and ideas kept forming in my head, but they were slipping away before they could take root. I vaguely remember Alan reciting something that sounded like a Bible verse. As far as I know, Alan isn't particularly religious, and I found it strange that he could quote passages from the Bible. Then the man started to move slowly, stepping backward methodically, foot after foot, still staring right into the windshield at me and Alan. He backed away completely out of view of the headlights, and then all that was in front of us was a stretch of empty road. I started warming up immediately and the fogginess began drifting away. I then saw the eyes ahead on the road coming from where the man had disappeared. It was a pair of narrowed red orbs hovering about eight feet off the road surface. They were moving slowly up and down as if attached to something moving. A creature slowly appeared given the light. It had the shape and size of a horse, but the head was a cross between a ram and a man with curling horns that jutted from both sides and wisps of dark fur. The nose and the mouth were unmistakably human. The fogginess returned tenfold, and I couldn't keep my eyes open any longer. I woke up to banging on my window next to my head. I had an excruciating headache, and there was a light being shined in my face. It was a police officer. We had come to in a small clearing off the roundabout that was three miles away from where we had been. Alan had passed out as well. "'and neither of us could recall anything. "'The police officer asked us a lot of questions "'and even searched the car for drugs "'and gave me a breathalyzer test. "'I told him everything, and by the time we were done "'he must have just thought we're some kind of weird loonies "'and he just wanted to get rid of us. "'We hadn't really done anything illegal, "'at least I didn't think so. "'He... let us go. "'I don't know how we ended up in the clearing "'and I don't remember what happened after we saw the thing.' I mean, bits and pieces are coming back to me slowly. I'm trying to think of all kinds of excuses. Maybe something was up with my car and we got a non-lethal dose of carbon monoxide or something. I don't know. I can't explain it. Since that night, there are random moments where I feel a sense of overwhelming terror, like something horrible is only seconds away from happening for some reason. I can't get it out of my head and I have no idea why.